Hello, you are tuning into Uneducated Guests with Josiah. I'm your host, Josiah. I'm a senior in high school that has to do a project for a college class and didn't feel like looking anything up, so here I am. Today's topic is on the history of the UK, or really the UK in general. Because I'm not, I don't really know anything about them. I, I barely know anything about the United States of America. Because I'm kind of a ditz that is not good at hits history, like whatsoever. I mean, I know a little bit like the Boston Massacre, but it was kind of the Americans' fault. So, in a retaliation, they like threw tea in a harbor or something. I don't remember when that happened, but today is uh, for the UK. So, the UK is uh, made up of two countries, technically. Well, yeah, two countries, because it's made... So, the three places that make up um, the United... Or not... Uh, what was it? The three places that make up Britain is... Or Great Britain is Britain, obviously, Wales, and Scotland. I mean, I think. I mean, that when, when we looked up uh, all the countries in the UK, that's what we got. And then it's only got Northern Ireland for some reason, because apparently, I don't know, Southern Ireland just didn't want to be there. It's probably like North Dakota, South Dakota. I feel like they had a civil war or something. They're just like, nope, we're going to get out of here. Get out of your hair. Basically, Britain was a superpower at one point, because it just wanted to take as much tea as it could. Or Yeah, basically. Uh, so Britain's like we want spice or we want spices, and they're like we don't like they conquer the world for spice, and they're like we don't like any of these spices, and that's why all their foods are really bland and crappy, and I'm, I don't think they have good beer either of what I've heard. Well, just Britain in general is just kind of a sucky place. They've got good fashion though, I will give them that, and they've also got good rappers. I enjoy their music a lot. That's about all I enjoy from Britain. It's always rainy all the time. It's very cold. I don't like the cold or rain. I don't like water in general. Water is pretty terrible. Northern Ireland. Irish people are just... I've heard they're a bunch of drugs. I thought Ireland and Scotland were the same place. I'm not going to lie. But uh, that's why we had to look up how many countries were in it. Because there's Northern Ireland, Britain, Wales, and Scotland. And who... I was told it was Welsh. But no, it's Wales. So I'm, I'm assuming they've got the nice, nice whales. They probably got a few museums there or something. Like, I, I imagine, I imagine whales is like. I thought whales was in Australia or something. Thought it was like a giant museum called like the Lou or something. Louvre, Louvre. That's how it's spelled. L O U V R E. But I'm pretty sure that's actually in France or Italy. One of the two. Who really cares? It looks like a bunch of shoulder pads anyway. But. Scotland, I think, or am I thinking of Ireland? I don't know. One of them was, no, it was definitely Ireland. Ireland was settled by St. Patrick, who supposedly ran snakes off the island. But we all know that didn't happen, because records show there was never any snakes on Ireland in the first place. Now, Scotland, that's where you have Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, who's a very nice, known, well-known cryptid, because sightings of her. But... You know, that's only in uh, Loch Ness, or Ness, I don't know, Loch Ness, Lake, Ear Lake Loch Ness, I feel like it's a thing, Lake Loch Ness, 
but who knows because i don't the only the most i know about scotland is what i've learned on the scooby-doo movies like the little animated uh ones and that's that scottish people wear kilts they drink large amounts of beer and they've got fake Loch Ness monsters thanks to Scooby-Doo villains. I mean, that's that's all anyone really knows about Scotland. They're a bunch of drunks, I assume. And they wear kilts. I'm pretty sure Ireland does that too. I think Ireland wears kilts. They also play bagpipes. I'm not really sure about their history besides that. But Wales, I feel like they do they do the grapes. I feel like they do the grapes a lot. I feel like they're a really grapey place. And Britain, they're just, their food's so bland. Fish and chips, no woman, it's fries and fish. Get it right. Because I'm not McLovin' it. Oh no. But yeah, Britain decided to conquer the entire, like, try to conquer the entire world because they're the strongest, like, navy or something. And then they conquered it for, like, spices from India and places, like, and they're like, we don't like any of these spices, actually, so we conquer you guys for no reason. And it's just like, really, man? Why go through all that work just to not like anything? It's like a pouty five-year-old. And then they also, I know this for a fact, that they got, um, I want to say Japan. It was either Japan or China, one of those Asian countries, hooked on opium. I'm pretty sure it was Japan. But yeah, they had like the biggest opium epidemic ever like opium was basically a currency at that point and it, like so they banned all so the government banned all trade with japan and then japan was like well we're still gonna sell our opium to your people because they're all addicted and they're all gonna buy it at extremely high prices which was kind of douchey for uh for britain to do because they basically crippled an entire country by getting them all hooked on opium which they had opium dims and stuff like that because it was illegal they weren't really stopping it and yeah britain i think britain threatened them at one point to sell their opium or they were going to attack them or something like that it was really weird i think there was also a lot of britishness bit british businessmen jesus combined those words that traveled to japan to like sell their opium and stuff like that um, I know Britain did have the largest fleet at one point, and they had, like, a piece of every single country and continent or something like that, because they were so massive and so into the slave trade and spice trade, and it was really kind of weird how Britain got so powerful, and then Americans were like, you know what, we don't like you anymore, so they rebelled and took some power. And now America's one of the leading industries, and Britain's just four sad little countries that are all islands. Technically, if you think about it, everything's an island because everything's surrounded by water at one point or another. And then you get into Pangaea, where literally everything's just a, one giant island. Because everything's just a circle mass of land, basically. Then the tectonic plates started cracking or something spreading apart i feel like no it's spreading apart and then you know different continents started to get or they started to separate and get water between them but what yeah i'm not really sure how to go on about this well 
Britain, they've, oh, also I know this little tidbit, this little information, this little factoid. Basically, all the flags, like the Northern Ireland flag, the Britain, British flag, the Wales flag, and the Scottish flag, all of those together equal the UK's flag. They, like, if you put them together, they all equal one flag, and it's, I, I just, I learned that by memes the other day. So, I'm going to go do some research, try to figure some things out, because this wasn't very successful talk, because I have no idea what I'm going on about. And I will see you guys in a minute. Elevator music, go. Hey guys, I am back after doing some research, and I decided on the name for this episode. It's UK history, sorta, question mark. But uh, I might have to edit the volume uh, post-recording, because... It doesn't seem like it's picking up much, so if it's uh, staticky or something, I'm I apologize. And my last few podcasts, I have felt just terrible, so I apologize also because I forgot to do it then. If my voice was uh, less than subpar, but we're gonna get into it. In in fifteen seventy seven, the English Adder- admiral Francis Drake began his voyage around the world by way of the Strait of Magellan and the Spice Islands, ultimately sailing the Golden Hind, heavily laden with cloves from Taranay Island into his home port of Plymouth in 1580. For Holland, a fleet under the command of Cornelius de Hootman sailed for the Spice Islands in 1595, and another commanded by Jacob van Neck put to sea in 1598. Both returned home with rich cargoes of cloves, mace, nutmeg, and black pepper. Their success laid the foundation for the prosperous Dutch East India Company formed in 1602. And apparently the East, like the, um, East India Company, there's like several different countries' branches, and I just find that kind of interesting. Like, similarly, the French East India Company was organized in 1664 by state authorization under Louis XIV, which I'm I'm really bad at Roman numerals, so I really don't feel like looking that up. But I think it's 15th or 14th, because X means 10, and so 10 plus, it's Louis the 14th. That's what it is, okay. Other East Empire India companies chartered by European countries met with varying success. In subsequent struggles to gain control of the trade, Portugal was eventually eclipsed after more than a century as the dominant power. By the 19th century, British interests were firmly rooted in India and Ceylon, while the Dutch were in control of the greater part of the East Indies. The East India Company evolved from a small enterprise run by a group of City of London merchants, which in 1600 had been granted a royal charter conferring the monopoly by English trade in the whole of Asia and the Pacific. Because as we know, the uh, Britain was like a dominant power and controlled basically everything, and that's about... It, they were just extremely powerful back then. At its outset, the East India Company was interested in the commercial opportunities offered by the Spice Islands of Southeast Asia rather than India. However, cargoes of Indian cloth sparked growing interest amongst consumers in England. The company also shipped Chinese merchandise from Canton, Guangzhou, I'm probably butchering that, tea, silk, textiles, and porcelain. Asian commodities were paid for with exported British woolens and metals supplemented by silver bullion. 
which I have no idea what silver bullion is. I probably should have looked that up. I'm assuming it's a company, but it could just be like you know some like I, I imagine a silver bullion cube, like little meat cubes, except it's made out of silver. I don't know. I'm not sure why I'm thinking of that, but that's just how it, that's how I'm thinking of it. <laughs> The company's operations were underpinned by the factory system when the ships returned to Europe. Agents known as factors were left behind at trading posts to negotiate with local merchants for the sale of current stocks of goods and the procurement of return cargoes for the next year's voyage. So I'm not really sure how that stuff worked. They left, like, they'll left they leave like one person in some random country they visited to negotiate prices, right? Makes sense. How are they supposed to go back? and tell them about the prices if they left them there and it takes like a whole year to get supplies there and i that's just kind of odd way to do business but i mean it makes sense but like also markets change a lot so they weren't the market price could have changed within a year i just think it's kind of odd but the east india company developed beyond a purely commercial enterprise when war between britain and france spread to india in the mid-1740s the company established military supremacy over rival European trading companies and local rulers, culminating in 1757 in the seizure of control of the province of Bengal, which I think that's India. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I forgot to... I don't... I didn't look up certain things in this. I just... I'm going over the broad statement as usual. But by October 1860, the king... Oh, this is on the... Um, now I'm getting into the um, opium trade, basically, because I was just going through the East Empire Company, which ended up leading into the opium trade and the epidemic in China, in Japan, Japan, yeah. By October 1860, the King Empire, with a Q instead of a K, had no choice but to accept the humiliating terms of the Tianjin Treaties, which included legalization of the opium trade in China the large potential market had to open up to the highly addictive drug with no legal bar at all. William Gladstone, who came from the same liberal party as Palmerston, became prime minister in 1865. Gladstone had been a staunch critic of Britain's involvement in the opium trade, calling it most infamous and atrocious. He also lambasted the two opium wars as Palmerston's War. But the profit from the drug trade was lucrative and irresistible. Britain did not restrict the opium trade to China until 1906. Which, that's a ridiculous amount of time to just let all that go on. All that destruction of a country. It's like, I feel, I, I'm, I imagine that the opium trade it destroyed China's everything for so long that they didn't recover. And I've read articles and different things um, that... They're still feeling the effects of the opium trade, even though it's been disbanded since 1906. They still still feel effects of it uh, to this day, and that's just really just brutal. And now I'm getting so I've gone into the UK, obviously, and a little bit of China, but I was basically just going over Britain because that's where you can find a lot of the history in it in the UK is because a lot of it's Britain, as we know. Uh, now I'm going to get into uh, Ireland, uh, why there's two of them, and then I'm I'm not really getting into Wales because I didn't learn much about them, but I'm then I will get into um, Scot. Yeah, I'm I'm basically just getting into Ireland. I didn't I forgot to get into Scotland. Crap, but 
uh, 90 years ago, Ireland was split in two after people living there went to war against their British rulers. The South became a separate state, now called the Republic of Ireland, but the breakup led to decades of unrest and violence in Northern Ireland, which remained part of the UK. The Irish Civil War was a conflict between Irish nas nationalists in 1922 to 1923 over whether or not to accept the Anglo-Irish Treaty. The treaty came about as a result of both political agitation and guerrilla warfare by the Irish Republican movement, organized respectively in Sinn Féin and the Irish Republican Army between 1918 and 1921. In July 1921, a truce was arranged between British and Irish Republican forces, signing of the treaty on December 6, 1921. The treaty gave the 26 southern countries of Ireland a considerable degree of independence, the same within the British Commonwealth. However, the settlement dissolved the Republic declared in 1918 and pledged Irish TDs or members of Parliament to swear allegiance to the British monarch. The treaty gave most of Ireland substantial independence, but dissolved the Republic declared in 18, 1918. Okay, I literally just said that. Wow, my note-taking is not very good, apparently. The treaty was viewed as a step backwards by many Irish Republicans and nationalists. It was narrowly passed by the Dale or Republican Parliament in January 1922. But the president of the Republic, Iamon de Valera, and two of his ministers resigned in protest. Having declined to take part in the treaty negotiations, de Valera promoted a revision whereby Ireland would have external association with the British Commonwealth. Now a lot that went into that treaty, why it made so many people upset. Uh, so they withdrew a lot. Their um, the police, the British police, they uh, moved a lot of their curfew, like an arm, like they took a lot of their army out, but they still had like four or five naval bases on the coast of Ireland, and uh, Southern Ireland didn't want to be a part of that, but Northern Ireland felt that they needed the protection of the uh, Britain still, and that's why they uh, went to a civil war, and it's just really, it's just really brutal and really messed up like that uh war and tensions are still going on today and we feel it and uh, this is what i have on wales wales is northwest europe and is part of great britain everyone apparently forgets wales <laughs> is its own country the government of wales had to make a statement in 2008 saying they're their own country basically uh the article i read and most of the information i got from wales is that the um i forgot who it was in their government but they had to make a like a public like a service announcement basically that wales wasn't a um uh, what's it parliamentary of uh, great britain that they were their own country even though they're connected by a landmass and they're extremely small of a country <laughs> I'm, I'm just <laughs> i don't know why i find that so funny just i don't know whales in general is just ridiculous but they don't have many whales i i'm pretty sure it's like dutch i forgot to look that up also oopsie but um okay so me and my teacher also in the entire class actually had an argument that ireland and scotland were similar because they had bagpipes and both wore kilts well i was right in this statement and saying they both did <laughs> bagpipes are irish and scottish there are many varieties of instruments known as bagpipes throughout europe and in parts of asia but in the celtic world of the british isles there are two main types the irish ulan or elbow and the Scottish Great Highland or Small Border. Although kilts are traditionally associated with Scotland, they are also long established in Irish culture. 
kilts are worn in both Scotland and Ireland as a symbol of pride and a celebration of their Celtic heritage, yet each country's kilt has many differences, which we'll explore in this, uh, ignore that, that was just me copying and pasting uh, the title, I was just wanting to prove that they both did wear that stuff and use bagpipes, and I was right. But uh, the information I got a lot of this stuff from was er, Britannica.com. I got the spice trade stuff on that, and QDL.QA, and I used uh, that for East India Company. SCMP.com, it's a news site. It was uh, That's where I got the uh, information about some of the opium trade that's still affecting um, Hong Kong and stuff like that. TheIrishHistory.com, I used that for uh, the Civil War stuff in Ireland. ProjectBritain.com, I used that to get the little information I had on Wales. Uh, and then CranfordPub.com, I used them for the um, to get to get the information on bagpipes. And I don't remember what I used for kilts. I assume I used uh, the the IrishHistory.com. No, I used something. Maybe I used Cranford pub.com also but this is all the time i have for today i will see you guys next time have a good uh week day whenever time you're listening to this uh peace mm-hmm.